Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Primary Care Podcast. Now, this is part two of the Praxis Efficiency Documentation Series. This podcast will not make any sense if you have not listened to the first one, so please pause, go listen to that one. Depends on how uh, your podcast episodes get uh, brought into your queue. Um, so if you have not listened to part one, go listen to that one. Um, the at gmail.com joke of the day um, is, hold on, let me pull it up. What does... Oh, by the way, this is a little not suitable for work slash little ears. It is, but just you'll understand after I tell the joke. What does Arnold Schwarzenegger call a colonoscopy? The answer, Cameron Diaz. You know, the actor Cameron Diaz. <clears throat> okay, got to use my Arnold Schwarzenegger voice to make sense. Camera in Diaz. Wow. Okay. I have a terrible <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Let's start the podcast. The Primary Care Podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast produced in my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. All right, okay. All right, okay. Welcome back to Primary Care Podcast, Pod Boys, Pod Girls, Pod Peoples. It's uh, Dr. Mark List. Again, part two. Part one will make a lot more sense. <clears throat> part two. So I talked about in part one all of kind of my beef with our current thoughts on documentation efficiency, kind of the average person, and apparently based on these studies, the average person's um, inefficiencies. So what do we do now? Step one, figure out how long it takes you to currently document. Now, I my, here's my setup. Um, I experiment with different documentation styles depending on whether it's a same-day visit, whether it's a chronic disease visit, whether it's an, um, a, a history and physical, a well-child check. And um, I use different styles. Um, I use voice-to-text, which for us is Dragon. I know Modal. some of you guys have that product as well. There's lots of other voice-to-text um, options out there available. Um, dot phrases, um, smart phrases, quick text, um, uh Auto text, whatever you want to call them, are another really good option where you're not using voice to text, but you're using embedded tools. I believe um, when I used to use Epic, uh, gosh, seven years ago, um, that was it was called dot phrases. Now I believe they're called smart phrases or smart uh, smart text. Um, very very good, very efficient. Um, in episode one, I talked about how um, oftentimes people spend way too much time of their and effort putting in labs into their document. And um, I know Epic and some other uh, places make it really easy to bring in labs. Um, again, that doesn't necessarily cost you time, but it definitely adds to the note bloat, which, again, if it's not costing you time, it's probably okay, but it's also making your note really unusable and you're wasting a lot of valuable mental real estate for your specialists and other people to be able to see some of this data. Um, again, if outside specialists, again, as we talked about in the first one, it's reasonable, um, but just FYI, keep that in mind. Um, whether you're using templates, again, copy forward or copy paste, um, I think these are really valuable tools. Um, copy forward is the correct language, not copy paste, because um, as long as you are reviewing the things that you are bringing over, um, then legally it is okay since you're reviewing other documentation, even if it's your own documentation before bringing it in, technically it is okay versus copy and paste um, is technically not okay. Um, just FYI for legal aspects. I think that every single week 
or once a month, whatever the case may be. I make it daily because I'm a huge nerd with this. But I think that you really need to keep in mind, just like you will oftentimes as a primary care provider, go to -to UpToDate, read, listen to podcasts. You are making an effort to improve your medical efficiency, proficiency, whatever the case may be. Proficiency is probably the better word. I think you need to be spending that time becoming more proficient at the EMR. Again, based on that study from 2016, just to review, if in case you did skip episode one, um, 49% of a physician's time is spent in the EMR per day in this in this study on Cerner users, and you know 25%, 27% of their days in direct patient care. Being more proficient with the EMR means you have to spend less time per day in the EMR, saving you minutes and hours per day, per week, etc. Okay. So I think every day, if not every week, if not every month, you need to be making improvements in your dot phrases, in your smart text, in your quick text, in your auto text, in your documentation technique. And if it's not just documentation, then in your overall proficiency with the EMR, okay? Now, I think that means modifying existing smart phrases, dot phrases, whatever you want to call them, smart text, auto text, modifying your existing ones, adding some to your arsenal, right? But that takes time and mental effort. This doesn't happen overnight, right? You have to make a concerted plan that I am going to improve on this. And that's why it takes that, it takes the time in order to self-edit, to be able to be okay removing stuff out of your documents. Um, A lot of the existing dot phrases, smart phrases that people use from their other users um, or kind of the default generic ones are really inefficient. And have a lot of extra questions, a lot of bloat that don't need to be there. Every time that you, in these dot phrases, in these smart phrases, in these uh, auto text templates, every time that you get to a question that doesn't have to be asked or answered, it's just more time you spend in the document doing that document. Every time in the HPI, when you have Dragon up and you're rambling about something that doesn't actually make a difference in the clinical outcome of this patient, and it's just an extraneous detail that you're adding because the patient mentioned it, that lack of ability to self-edit costs you time, and it makes your notes more bloated and less efficient and less effective at doing their job, which is patient safety, patient care, and communicating with other physicians, including yourself in the future, right? Now, would you benefit from other people doing the documentation, right? And I'm not a, I'm not a fan of like everyone go to scribes, right? Um, there's a virtual scribe um, or a um, using uh, automated uh, dr- uh, uh, virtual assistant. So basically like a, a dragon or an M modal product that listens in the background and creates a document for you. Um, I have, I have been involved. I've seen demos of these things. I've talked to these companies. There's another product. I'm not going to get into all the products again. I am very product agnostic. I don't believe that there's a product that's better than another product. And all these companies do is they sell you on the relative efficiencies that these providers gain in their trials. Look, these providers save hours per week in documentation time. Oh, they're out 17% faster. They have 37% better documentation time. But just like when we're talking in scientific literature about medicine, these are relative risk reductions, right? They're not usually absolute risk reductions. They're absolute, they're relative risk reductions in relative risk, the relative reductions in time, right? And who are they comparing it to? Usually physicians based on like just 
plain old typing, hand typing, really inefficiently clicking bubbles or, or things in the chart, um, using inefficient dot phrases that they didn't create or customize themselves. When I do these trials with these products, I don't see dramatic benefits in these additional cool eccentric products, right? Because I'm already efficient because I've taken the time to make myself efficient with my workflow. So you'll see a lot in the news and in these um, technology magazines, and sometimes they'll be featured in um, news articles or in physician, um, even in the uh, uh, like AFP or Annals Internal Medicine or JAMA or New England Journal of Medicine, sometimes the AFP Smart Brief. I've mentioned that before on this podcast. They have these articles about these pieces of technology that save physicians time. But it's really important that just like analyzing a scientific study, when you're looking at, okay, what's the baseline relative reduction in this study, right? Oh, this diabetic drug is, you know, 17% better A1Cs compared to what? Like, is that compared to nothing or is it compared to, you know, what's the relative? Is it a relative risk reduction? Is it an absolute risk reduction? We've talked about that on the podcast many times before. And a lot of these companies, they're not stupid. They do the same thing. They take like the least efficient way to document and then they use their version of the product or they take like the most inefficient physicians that they can find and then they show the best case scenario like, wow, this physician saved 59% of their documentation time using this product. Sell us this, you know, we'll sell you this product. And these products, again, they're, these are, again, more good tools. I'm not dumping on any of these products. Uh, I've used some of them. I've demoed them. I've been involved in every single major product because um, my organization has me as my job, like look into these demos, have these companies demo these products, get us a contract uh, estimate about what this would cost us. Would this be something good for our, our organization, right? I have these conversations. I sit in these meetings. And for some users, these tools are incredibly helpful. My point of this rant is your organization and your EMR already has tools that can make you more efficient. It's just about learning to use them optimally, right? And so what does that mean? It means to self-edit. It means that you need to look at your own documentation. You need to literally with the stopwatch, I have got the stopwatch app on my desktop, the Windows stopwatch app, right? There's a Windows clock and in the clock app in Windows, in the accessory, I I save it to my task bar at the bottom. And so when I document, I have my document here and I click play, you know, I click, you know, on in the stopwatch and it runs in the background. And then I hit pause when I'm done and I throw it on an Excel file. Now I don't do that all the time, right? Cause it's additional work. It's additional things that I have to do when I'm documenting it. It makes me slow. But when I try new things or, you know, we just had an EMR update and I've been kind of messing around with some stuff. I want to see, has it made a big change to my baseline or is it not changing? And I'll tell you, um, now that I've kind of at this at this part, like I don't see massive changes. I don't see massive increases to what I'm doing, but I still I still challenge myself. I want to see if things are better, if they're easier, not only more efficient time-wise, but also more efficient like mentally, so it's less clicks or it's less mental strain on myself, et cetera. There's always benefits into tweaking and becoming more efficient in your documentation. Now, I kind of went off on a tangent here because I was talking about scribes and I went into this tool. I don't necessarily recommend scribes for everybody. Now, scribes are very efficient. Um, they prolong careers for people. They are really, really, really good in a lot of ways. But oftentimes, that cost comes back to physicians. And if you actually do the math and you sit down and you look at, is it gaining enough production to, to justify the cost? It oftentimes doesn't pay for itself. Yes, it's a lot less mentally taxing, and sometimes that's worth the cost. 
But is it even making you that more efficient? In many cases, I'll have people that have a scribe and, you know, it actually doesn't make them that much more efficient. Um, and they can learn to be just as efficient in other ways and actually recoup those production costs themselves. If, you're, if your organization will pay for the scribe, fantastic, do that. Most places are not going to be that generous. Um, you know what's also beneficial, though? Having other people do your documentation, right? I mean, if you have med students, let them document. You know, if you have students with you, nurse practitioner students, PA students, they can document for you. And then you can help train them into being better versions of themselves while they're helping you document. Did you know that with the 2020 CMS coding changes that your nurse, you can use your nurse documentation in your HBI? Your nurse can literally document in your HBI. Totally legal. Here's the, here's the new legal rule. Therefore, this is the CMS coding changes that I'm reading verbatim from their recommendations, okay? Therefore, we propose to establish a general principle to allow the physician, PA, or APRN who furnishes and bills their professional services to review and verify rather than redocument information included in the medical record by other physicians, residents, nurses, students, and other members of the medical team. We explain that this principle would apply across the spectrum of all Medicare-covered services paid under the physician services, professional fee services, sorry, <clears throat> verbatim, your nurse who is getting some of this intake and putting it in the nurse note, many nurses do this, not all nurses, but many nurses do this, that they're hearing from the nurse that, you know, they're talking to the patient, you know, when they're checking their blood pressure and they're doing their intake, they're doing some of this work for you. You can use this in your HPI. Your nurses can document the HPI for you right? If that's more efficient for you and your workflow. Your students can document that for you. You do not need to redocument. These are ways that not just having a scribe, but your care team is already doing this, right? Is your nurse taking a phone call on a patient and going to put them on the schedule for today for a same day visit? You know how they have to chart, they have to chart that? They have to chart that in a phone call message. That is legal. Like they have to sit, you know, they have to document somewhere in the chart that they talk to the patient and then they recommend they come in or they at least have to schedule an appointment. They can schedule the appointment. They can open that document and they can dictate that. They can document that in the HPI for you. The reason why they're coming in today. I called and talked to them having sore throat. Um, doctor list recommends that the patient be seen here today because sore throat for two days. The nurse can copy and paste that into the document for today, pre-chart for you, and your HPI is basically done. Again, this is, has use cases, right? Obviously, you're going to probably add a sentence or two to clarify, you know, but like that's all you have to do. You can make your practice more efficient by changing this, right? So your nurses who are already documenting in many cases these things can just move them over and put that in the HPI and you can just review and verify rather than redocument this. Saving you time, saving you seconds, saving you minutes, okay? Also really important, find a partner, find a colleague. Talk to your organization. Is there an IT person who is good? <clears throat> Not all IT people are, are made equal. I am very, very well aware of that, just like not all physicians, not all APPs are equal, right? Um, at IT-related stuff and being able to work with you. And oftentimes the IT person isn't necessarily a physician, doesn't really know physician documentation as well. It's usually not their background. But do you have a partner, a colleague, an IT helper who is IT technologically savvy, who can help watch you and get you better at the EMR, whether that's chart review, documentation, ordering, etc. And again, each each goal, I mentioned this in the last thing, each goal, every session should be with the feedback in all these different special in all these different areas of EMR proficiency to get 10% better. Right? That's not a lot better, but 10% better 
if we if it's just documentation alone, we talked about per week, that's going to save you an hour, untold hours in the course of a year, multiple years. If you add chart review, if you add chart prepping, you know, documentation, ordering, 10% efficiency, you know, you know, that's a tremendous amount per patient per day, per per clinic, et cetera. So, and here's the thing. We're focusing on documentation efficiency, right? And that's what this is about. But in general, people are terrible at EMR efficiency without even knowing it. And why? Because, you know, like I said in the last, like I said in the last podcast, we spend so much of our training focusing on the medicine, which obviously we should do that, right? But look at that study. 49% of your day is spent using a medical record electronically. 49%. You're touching it. You're in it. You're doing things in that system. 49% of your day, according to that Cerner note, okay? And you efficiencies can be gained anywhere. And we spend so little time training for it that we just assume it's part of something we have to do. And it's just the speed at what we have to do, right? We complain because it's an EMR. And by the way, Epic is by far, I I have no stake in the game. Um, My system I'm currently using is not Epic. Epic is by far and away the best EMR by every metric, by every patient satisfaction score. And even then physicians spend hours and hours and hours of their day using epic right not seeing patients but in epic the best the leader the most efficient right still inefficient still takes time and people can be more efficient even with the best tools right because it takes time it takes effort right and we don't train on it we don't preach it and yet we let it destroy our days okay now I am not saying that we need to revolutionize medical schools, AP school, PA school, but I can guarantee you that taking a half day and following somebody who is incredibly IT savvy and learning how they use the EMR versus going and shadowing a boring doctor list clinic morning and taking that four hours to hear me talk and spending that four hours getting more efficient using your EMR that has incredible value. Now, now again, one of the reasons why we don't do this is because there are so many EMR choices. You could be trained in a, an all scripts program, or you could be trained in an Epic program. And then you go and you're a Cerner user when you get a job or you heaven forbid have to use like EHS or one of the absolute bargain bin garbage. Oh, I shouldn't dump on them in case they want to sponsor the podcast at some point, but um, right. Uh, you know, you use some basement bin, um, you know, cheap old EMR system. And you're so used to Epic and the tools here that some of the things don't translate. Now, a lot of them do, right? Because you can take those quick texts and you can make them into templates in any system. You can make them into dot for it. You can make them into auto text in your, in your text to speech, um, or sorry, your speech to text, um, programs. There are ways that you can translate that and keep those efficiencies, but most people would be less burned out would be happier with their jobs, especially out of residency, and the transition would be easier if they weren't spending so much time, right, being in the EMR versus being a doctor, okay? So I want you in the next week after listening to this podcast to understand your relationship with your clinic documentation. And yes, that is the dumbest sentence I've ever said on the history of this podcast where I say dumb things all the time, right? But understand your relationship with your clinic documentation in the next week, okay? I want you to work on that. I want you to 
understand how much time it takes you to do a note, to do an average note, to do a long note, to do a short note, to do a single problem visit, to do an H&P, to do a chronic disease check. How much time am I spending from the time that, so I launched my, I, I, I don't, I don't count loading times. You can't improve that, that there's no way to be more efficient loading the document tool, right? But documenting, can I be more efficient? Like how long does it actually take me, right? Understand your relationship. Do you struggle to get your documentation done because of a time or do you struggle with it for other reasons, right? Are you behind in your documentation by a day, by a week, by a month, right? Do you over-document? Like look at other people's documentation. Are you over-documenting? Okay. Why? And, and ask yourself why. Is it because you're afraid of legal concerns? Do you need to talk to, you know, do you need to talk to somebody about this, right? Do you have a lack of self-confidence in your own medical decision-making? Are you second-guessing yourself? Is this is this kind of like a version of imposter syndrome, right? Where you don't feel that you are an expert or good at your job and you feel like you have to document a ton to justify why you do things, right? Is it just because how you were taught and was how you were taught actually wrong, right? Do you have OCD? Do you have anxiety about finishing your notes? Do you get overwhelmed thinking about things, right? Because these are all treatable, okay? These are all fixable. If you have anxiety about, oh my gosh, I can't, this note, I have seven problems, chronic disease problems, and they're really complicated. And it's going it, to, it takes me so long, not only to do it with the patient, but then to relive this. Uh, okay. So can you, while you're talking with the patient, right? I, I'm not somebody that documents in the room in front of the patient, right? I don't, I can't multitask. I need to document when I document. I need to talk to the patient. I need to give, and I need to give them my whole attention, but I have partners that are really super more efficient than I am with this specifically because they can make little notes in the HPI. And guess what? You don't need full sentences. You don't need to have like this beautiful narrative prose in the HPI. You can have two sent you can have two word phrases count as part of HPI elements. Again, HPI is no longer part of the bill. It's no longer considered to be a good doctor, a a competent doctor to to write in complete sentences. I'm not going to let my kids hear this because I tell them to write in complete sentences all the time. But being a doctor, you don't need to write in complete sentences anymore for your HPI, right? You should for the you should write in better things for the MDM and plan because you want it to narratively make sense and you know talk about your decision making. But for the HPI, writing fevers, fever 102 yesterday, totally fine. Writing writing no nausea, right? Totally fine. Making tiny little notes like that in the appointment, if you can chip away at some of the, you know, blood sugar's fine. Do you need to document the fact that blood sugars were 106 to 212 in the blood sugars that I have reviewed at the, during the visit? No, you don't need to write that long sentence. You can write blood sugar's fine or blood sugar's high in the morning or blood sugar's reviewed. And even then, and then just talk about in your MDM and not double dupl- double document, okay? You can be efficient. And so, right, if you get overwhelmed by trying to go back and document some of those big chronic disease things or those physicals, either pre-chart, right? You know, do the document, do some of the document before you walk in the room. As you are chart prepping your old note, you can copy paste that or copy forward whatever words you want to use. Or as you're reviewing it, you can drag in the important stuff, right? Into your note before you even walk in the room. Because I know that you are chart prepping before you walk in the room. So instead of chart prepping and then walking in the room and then documenting the stuff that you chart prepped as review, why not document while you are chart prepping people like save yourself time, be more efficient. Okay. This is in the hospital. It drives me crazy 
Hospitals will chart prep and they will write stuff on a flipping piece of paper. They'll walk around the hospital. They'll go back and they'll sit in their hospital in their dictation room. And the specialists do this all the time. And then they try and document then. Do your note as you go. Do your note as you're chart reviewing. Put all that information in there so when, you, when you're when you basically done, you just update what you're doing today and move on. Like, we, we don't do that in the clinic too either. Like, copy your stuff from the previous visit that you're, that you're reviewing. Because if you're like me, every time that I'm seeing somebody for a physical or for a recheck, I'm looking at what I just did, right? I rarely, I mean, sometimes I remember, but like 50% of the time, 70% of the time, I don't remember what I did with that patient, like the details. I go back and look at my last assessment plan, right? Pull that in while you're reviewing it. Do your note, right? Um, Dragon and Modal, they have dictation boxes that you can pop open. And so as I'm reviewing, I will start dragoning my HPI, like my review. Why? Because I'm doing it or I'll copy and paste. I don't even dictate it over. I'll just copy and paste it. I'll save myself the the time, right? These are things I'll, I'll copy and paste my last note over, right? And just make changes to things. Like there are things that you can be doing right now that you are not doing. I can guarantee you, you are not, that people listening out there are not using these tools and it's all legal and there's nothing wrong with it. And you shouldn't feel bad that your note takes you 30 seconds instead of a half hour, that you're rephrasing the same things that you said in your last note to this note. As long as you're not like making it a huge god-awful bloated note, you're just bringing in the small pertinent things, right? That's why I really like to, when I'm reviewing, use my little dragon and uh, my little dragon. <laughs> Puff the magic dragon. No, um, where I'm, I'm dictating like a sentence or two on a, like what I did last time, patient presents today for follow-up for depression. Last time I put the patient on citalopram, period. Or last time I started the patient on 10 milligrams citalopram, 50 milligrams sertraline, whatever. Uh, patient has seen counseling since we last talked, period. I will do that before I walk into the room, right? And that might be the only HPI I have. The, the HPI might be like, is doing great on the medicine. We're going to, and then like, you know, the HPI literally might, then I might add like a sentence about if they're doing better, if they're doing worse, like patient doesn't like it, has side effects. That's literally all I will document on some of these visits, right? And you can have that in a template. You can have that in your dot phrase, but like you can have your note basically done before you walk in the room. What's the mental exam going to be? They're going to look normal, right? So I can pre-populate that based on my anxiety templates, right? People are just really, really inefficient at documenting and not even aware of all the tools and options they have. And they continue to do what they do every day because it's just what they do. And it takes a lot of mental energy to stop the pattern and to create new habits. And it's people, even though they're less efficient and they're killing themselves with burnout because they're spending hours and minutes in their time documenting, they could be better, but it takes the extra mental energy to do this stuff. Okay. Do you have focus issues? Clearly, if you've listened to this podcast enough, you know that sometimes I have focus issues. I chase this little squirrel in my thought, train of thought, and I have to, like this, come back to my train of thought, right? I want you to understand your relationship with your clinical documentation, and some of that is focus issues, right? Whether or not you have true ADHD or not, right? If you're somebody like me that sometimes has focus issues, sometimes I got to walk into my office, leave my phone, leave you know, I can't look at my phone then. I can't be distracted by emails. I can't be distracted by articles or Husker news or text messages from friends about, you know, X, Y, Z in the news, Aaron Rodgers, new contract he just had, et cetera. I can't get distracted by my nurses asking me questions about people on the phone. I'll walk, you know, my office is like 10 steps away from my desk where I sit where the nurses are, are, 
and I go back in there, I shut the door, and I literally just dictate because I can be really efficient. I can hammer out three or four before I see the next patient to get caught up, right? And then that extra, you know, 10 minutes that it took me to do those three or four dictations and, you know, navigating between charts, et cetera, even if I'm five minutes late to the next appointment will save me like an you know, tons and tons and tons of time. Why? Because I have looked at my documentation. I've looked at myself and what I need to do. And sometimes I just need to get caught up because the worst thing in the world for me is to get to the end of my morning. And this happens a lot when I have students and when I, I'm talking too much and I'm not able to do this, right? I'm not able to take the sufficiency time for myself. Or if I'm running from room to room and I'm super packed, I'm double booking, whatever. Um, or somebody has some medical emergency and I'm like spending a lot of time. I, I'm, I'm just so far behind, I can't do notes. If I get to the end of the day or the end of the morning and I have, you know, 13 or 15 notes left to do, that mentally feels overwhelming. And the mental effort it takes to log back in at the end of the day or before I go home to hammer out all my notes, it is overwhelming. Even for me that I know that my documentation is efficient and I know that I have a plan to be as efficient as I can be, like it's still overwhelming. And so for me, since I sometimes have focus issues during the day, getting my notes done during in between patients, that 10 minute break where I'm in my office and just hammering out documentation is so, so, so important. Give yourself mini breaks, get into good habits, patterns, understand what you need to, to be more efficient. And again, that's why I said, I know it sounds stupid, but understand your relationship with your clinical documentation. Okay. Um, I mentioned, I, I have a note here um, about if, if you're feeling overwhelmed, complicated patients, again, use your nurse for the HBI, use little mini snippets. If you want to do it when you're in the room, great. If you, if you don't like that technique, totally fine. I'm not here to make you into somebody and do things that are going to make you a worse doctor, right? I'm just trying to make you a better documenter, right? I don't want to change your, your ability to have a good relationship with your patients, and not be distracted in the room, right? If that's not what you want to do. When you come out of a room, then make before you go to the next patient, right? If you feel overwhelmed, right, um, with with having to do these big these big notes and starting it feels overwhelming, and it takes you a long time to even get started or wanting to do it because you feel overwhelmed, and going back and doing these is miserable, right? At the end of the day, and you're like, gosh, what did I talk about? I forgot even some things that we talked about, and it's not until like I put problems. I'm like, oh yeah, we did talk about that too, right? Um, when you get out of the room, take five seconds and just do a, the same little mini snippets you would do and let that be your HBI, right? Those little short, you're not, you're not fully documenting paragraphs, those little mini snippets. It's legal. It's absolutely okay. Yes, if it bothers you from an OCD standpoint that like you don't like the way it looks and it's ugly, okay, I understand that. Maybe it's not for you. But this is a way that you could basically doing the same thing as documenting when you're in the room with the patient, but then allowing you to, again, limit your HBI, have your nurse help, do these little snippets, and then have most of your note done, your HBI, maybe even an exam, throw in a quick little template, uh, you know, pre-made little thing for your physical exam, which you should all have and you should all be making and you should be very comfortable with multiple of them. So you can throw them in at a minute's notice for physical exam because that should be the least time intensive, inclusive part of your documentation. And basically, you can have a lot of these things, these a lot of these elements done, and then go back and do your MDM later, right? And so then it's not so overwhelming. All I'm gonna do is just hammer out what we talked about, what we did, done. Like if that if it's overwhelming to you to go back and it's that's making that makes you inefficient. Okay. Now, are you a rock star, and you do your notes really quickly, and you're 
document them while you're chart prepping, right? Or if you're getting them done on time and you feel like you're really efficient and they're really quick, great. I'm sorry I wasted the last, you know, 45 minutes of your podcast time on this. But I can guarantee you that there are things that you can be more efficient with than the EMR, okay? And I can't go in today and go into all of the different scenarios because every EMR is different and the customization options are different and how people use the EMR is so different. And again, I'm not trying to make you into mark list, okay? I'm talking about the fact that there are tools out there and there are ways to be more efficient. And step one is if I don't feel like I know the tools, get help, right? Get a colleague, get an IT partner, look at your colleagues, ask your colleagues how they document. If you feel like they're really efficient on time leaving, how do they have their workflow? How do they set up their practice, right? This is practice efficiency, not just documentation, EMR stuff, right? But what are they doing that gets them out so fast, right? Um, Maybe they're just seeing less patients than I am. Maybe they're just really, really diligent about getting their notes done. Well, how mentally can I get on that wavelength? Maybe they're utilizing their staff better than I am. Maybe their staff are more efficient rooming. Maybe their staff are more efficient doing things. How can I then work with my staff, right? Is it just on me? Am I taking really a long time to review charts? Are there things about how I'm approaching it that I just need to be more efficient with? While I'm reviewing charts, can I also be documenting? Again, I mentioned that. That's a huge win for a lot of people. Um, I know we have no specialists on the phone here, on the phone, <laughs> listening on your phone, listening to the podcast on the phone. Oh my God. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't have a ton of, I don't have any specialists here, but I have followed specialists who have to review years of charts sometimes, and yet has never occurred to them that while they are reviewing the chart, they also couldn't be documented at the same time using the tools that already exist, right? There's chart viewers. There's multiple sessions where you can have multiple EMRs open at one time. One's for documentation. One's for um, reviewing charts. Uh, there's things called chart viewers in many EMRs. So you can have two, uh, you can have a chart, uh, a thing that's just a chart on one side and you document on the other side. Um, while you're uh, reviewing uh, charts and outside records, you can literally be dictating um, what you're reading, the important stuff, and moving that over. You can be copying stuff into dictation boxes, moving them over. Uh, you can do all this stuff ahead of time. Are you chart prepping for a new patient and you're reviewing their stuff? You can do their note ahead of time. Most EMRs allow you to start notes ahead of time. If it doesn't, put into a Word document for the next day or a, a notepad for the next day and save it on your desktop, right? Um, check with your local IT person for those things, resources, if that's not legal, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's so many efficiencies to be gained. And people, I want you to think about your documentation. That's your goal for the next week. Assess your documentation. Look at your partner's notes. Are my notes too long? How late do I do I document? If I see, you know, am I seeing, you know, 12 to 16 people, but it's taking me the same amount of time to document that it's taking my partners who are seeing 20 to 24 people, right? Look at your, and, and push yourself. I see so many people where I'm rounding in clinics and I'm like, hey, how's it going? Everything good? You want to talk? And sometimes I bring up efficiencies. I'll do talks in this and they're like, no, I'm good. I just type. And I'm like, okay, I type really fast. Like I, I, I type really, really fast. And I have done the math. I have done the work. Okay. I have, ha I have spreadsheets on my desktop. Okay. And on my laptop, both of my, on Excel's I have, I compare how long it takes me to use my dragon, my dragon auto text, to use my dot phrases, smart phrases, quick text, you know, whatever you want to call them, plain old templates with typing, a combination of multiple, and when it's most efficient. I've learned that for myself, right? 
And people are like, oh, I'm good. I'm just type. I'm a fast typer. I type. I type a little bit when I'm in the room and I come back out and I type in my office. I can guarantee you that if you just use one technique, that you are missing incredible amounts of efficiencies. Right now, right now, I know there are people out there that were trained in the EMR era who they're good typers because they're efficient. You're listening to this podcast, you're like, I'm a great typer. I type all the time. I'm really fast. I can type this whole thing. I can guarantee you that there are situations where using Dragon is going to be more efficient for you. And it's going to save you hours out of the rest of your life, weeks out of the rest of your life in documentation time. And don't be stubborn. Learn to adapt, learn to adjust, make yourself better. You're willing to make yourself better and learn new things all the time with your medical knowledge. Do the same for your EMR efficiency. All right, that's two full podcasts just on EMR and documentation efficiency. Again, I think that these topics on practice efficiency are so incredibly important, right? We spend so much time in the EMR and yet we don't seemingly, so many providers, and I hope you're not one of them, but there are so many providers who are not willing or not able to change their efficiency and aren't willing to put in the time and effort it takes to do that. And I'm telling you right now, you will save hours out of your life with doing some of these things. Um, find find somebody that can help. Find an IT colleague. Find a, a savvy IT partner, um, physician, APP, NP. Um, look at other notes. Look at your own notes. Find out, do a, pro, do, this is a, this is a PI project, right? This is a performance improvement project, right? You look at how much time it takes you to document, make changes, see what your new documentation times are. If it helps, great, keep it. Um, if it doesn't, then get rid of it and go back whatever is mentally easier, move on. All right, another 40-minute podcast. I break in my 15-minute rule. Oh, I apologize. But again, these topics are so, so near and dear to my heart. And there are so many providers that could, could, could be having hours and weeks of their lives they could be gained with better efficiency tools and better use of the EMR. That just hurts me. It just hurts me. So this has been Dr. Mark List. You don't need to stay up all night to stay up to date, and you don't need to stay up all night to do your notes. You can be efficient. Please, please, for my sake, my listeners around the world, if you're listening to this and you're in Slovenia and you're one of my Slovenian patients or Slovenian listeners, you can be more efficient. My American colleagues, you can be more efficient. Doesn't matter if you're in rural Georgia. Doesn't matter if you're in an Air Force base. Doesn't matter if you're an academic physician. You've all emailed me. You've all checked in with me. Doesn't matter if you're a part-timer nearing retirement. It doesn't matter if you're in training. This is something that you all can benefit from. Every single one of us can benefit from this. Save your burnout. Save your, save your, save your mental health. Get better at the EMR. Make it a priority. Thanks. Have a great week. God bless.